0: Black men are strong and filled with rich heritage. We black men matter and our health should be a priority. Now is the time to educate ourselves on how we can live a longer and fuller life for our families and most importantly, ourselves. This is Men Making Health a Priority, presented by All of Us Milwaukee at the Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships. Here are your hosts, Dr. Ken Harris and Dr. Bashir Easter.
1: You're listening to Men Making Health a Priority, presented by All of Us, sponsored by the UW-Wisconsin Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships. I'm Dr. Ken Harris here at the new 1017 The Truth. With us today, we have, of course, the PhD extraordinaire, Dr. Bashir (laughs) Easter. How are you today, sir?
2: Good, Doc. I'm doing well. Happy to be here.
1: All right. And our guest today is a guy that I've seen around the city do so many things with men's health. Dr. Kevin
3: Izzard, how are you, sir? I am doing fine, and it's an honor to be here with you today, Dr. Ken.
1: All right. Dr. Bashir, can you give us an overview of exactly what we'll be talking about today?
2: I can. Uh, we spoke a little bit before in our segments to talk about the metabolic panel, lipid panels, but really just how we got to the point of understanding your baseline of view at the men. And uh, I am not a medical professional, but what I do, I make sure that we did have someone to be a part of this. So Dr. Kevin Izard uh, has helped us understand. While we uh, need to know our numbers is the main thing we talk about. Know your numbers. And so not only was he a part of that component, but also became a part of this men's movement. And so I want everybody to make sure and understand and listen up very clear. This is the baseline of what we're making sure the men understand before we start getting into the DNA component and to uh, to make sure the men stay held accountable.
1: All right. And so, Dr. Izzard, you have a <laughs> I like to call it checkered pass. And the reason I say it's a checkered pass is cuz you've moved from space to space to space, but you've always been here. Yes. And so I, I find that commendable. So can you tell us a little bit about your background and yeah. where you grew up and yeah. how you became MD?
3: I'm a Milwaukee native. I was born born and raised, grew up on uh around Port Washington and Drive and uh went to Rufus King High School. Went to Marquette for undergrad, and then I went to medical school uh, here at the Medical College of Wisconsin. And when I was a kid, I I, I used to watch a TV show Marcus Welby, M.D. Um, some of you probably aren't old enough to remember that show, but but I so,
1: doesn't remember that. He's, yeah, he's yeah a, right. Yeah, he's, he's a, a baby. baby. Oh. He's a baby.
3: Yeah, but <laughs> I, I, I used to say I want to be a doctor one day, and I get it. I had no idea I was a first generation uh, college student, and um, my parents kind of helped me to that. You know, uh, God bless their soul, and. Um, And so uh, finally, when I was at at Marquette, I met my first black doctor. That was Laurie Thomas. Wow. Yeah, who's no longer in town. She's down in Texas now. But uh, Laurie was the first black doctor I met. And my counselor uh, convinced me to go to this program uh, at Harvard, which I had no idea I would get into. Got in this program, and I met 89 of the top black pre-med students in the country. And it just knocked my socks off. And and that's when I realized I could really do this. And Mm -hmm. so, um, again, so I came back, rededicated my my studying. And and I said, thank God I I got into medical school. Um, It wasn't easy. It was a struggle. But I always said that uh, and this is something that my parents instilled in me that, you know, that I need to I got a commitment to my my community. You know, that uh, this isn't just about me. And so I always said I wanted to come back and, 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 and serve my community. And ironically, when I finished with, uh, with medical school, um, I ended up, uh, first of all, in private practice on um, uh, Capitol, 76 in Capitol. But then I started working at this free clinic um, um, uh, with uh, Cordelia Taylor. Uh, so this place called Family House mm-hmm. with a medical college, and so I did that for five years, and uh, found out that uh, you know the the money that we had, the grant we had to run it, kind of ran out, and so we tried to find uh, creative ways to get funding, and I ended up in a community health center. Um, but I, ironically, I was like uh, about a mile and a half where I grew up, you know, uh, right there on on Port Washington Capital. So uh, uh, I came back and I did it. I was the only doctor in the in the five three. Uh, five three two one six zip code at that time. And so um it was uh it it's it's, it's good works. So I've always felt this uh uh you know this this calling to, to work you know in 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 the inner city and, and and um and we'll get to this here a little bit later but women have always been good about about health. You know the right. when, when when a man comes in you just because he's got I say he either's got something really bad going on or his wife or his girlfriend or his lady made him come in or he's coming in for Viagra. It's one of those things.
1: Now, wait a minute. I go to the doctor every year. I just finished my annual physical. Mm -hmm. I've been getting an annual physical for the past 30 years. Yes. So I want some praise for that. But,
3: Dr. Kidd, we know that you you are exceptional. We all know
1: that. (laughs) That's a given. You know, I want want some praise. I'm getting nothing. And so I I, I was telling – Last time we were on that, that I had gone to get my physical on Friday and they mm-hmm. took all the blood and the tests and all yeah. that. Ironically, she forgot to take my A1C. So I now have to go back and get stuck okay. again okay. for my A1C. Mm-hmm. And then I signed up Monday okay. and went and got my numbers for all of us. Oh, good. good. So good. I'm, I don't want no more shots. Yeah. I don't don't, 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 don't want to go back to the doctor for
3: another 10 or 20 minutes. But, you know, it's it's not just just the needle. (laughs) A a lot of it is is just guys don't want to be vulnerable.
1: Now, I'm going to just jump ahead then, because I was going to talk about that. How do we get – see, y'all just changed. I don't care what I We're riding with you. We're riding uh, with you. I'm telling you. (laughs) What is the process of getting over the fear of seeing a doctor?
3: Mm Mm-hmm. Like,
1: yeah. Like how?
3: Yeah. A lot of us feel like, you know, one, they don't want to hear any bad news. Hmm. And then I think again with men, we don't like to be vulnerable. We don't like that feeling of being out of control. And uh, you know, some of it is, you know, it's getting undressed and you know, especially when you get to the the part where you get the prostate exam and say, "Ah, know nobody no, nobody's gonna put their finger up there. <laughs> you know, and, and um,
1: but you mean you, you mean for, yeah that, for the prostate that, exam, can, that, yeah the rectal exam you,
3: that can make you live, that can help you live, keep you alive. Right, right. Okay. See, women right. women come in, they get up on the table, they get their pelvic exams, and they don't think twice about it. Right. Men, you know, I nah, I don't know about wow. that. You know, um, and and the ironic part of all this is that with as far as the prostate cancer screening goes, and prostate cancer is the most common cancer in men. As far as prostate cancer screening goes. The rectal exam is the least important part of what you're doing because, um, I mean, I've yet to hear of a case, and there probably is one out there, but I've yet to hear of a case of anyone, a man who had prostate cancer who had a normal blood test, mm-hmm. the PSA blood test, but had an abnormal rectal exam. So the rectal right. exam is kind of redundant. Right. You know, it's, it's not going to yield very much. And so, if that's holding you back, just go away and get the blood test because that's what's most important. Okay. And uh, see, for me, being married to an RN, I
1: mm-hmm. get both. Yeah. To make sure. And so we've we've got this thing called all of us, right? We've got this group of men that come together. And every week I hear, every time we do this, that there's this thing that men go through, right? Mm-hmm. This, okay, I have to convince them. And so I've, <laughs> I've talked to counselors. I've talked to Dr. Bashir. I've talked mm-hmm. to medical doc. All of them tend to say the same thing. I have to go through this process with men. Mm-hmm. How do we shorten that? Bashir, how, how, how do we shorten that process well, that you talked about.
2: We talked about, Doc, is getting to the point of you have to be the one to break the cycle. And what that means is, is that information is the biggest part that we try to give the men is to be able to make sure that they understand themselves at the highest level that they have.
1: But isn't that what I'm th- avoiding? Like, I'm I don't hear, like, like Dr. Izzard said, I don't want to hear that.
2: Yeah, like, I'm right. trying to avoid that. Those are the we notice those individuals are, are the ones that are one on and one off leaving. When we got all the men together, now this accountability piece comes in. Now the men are opening up and sharing those things that we just talked about. I'm I'm vulnerable. I don't trust my doctor. I haven't seen the doctor. You know they start asking these things. So then, as they open up to share, then then the things that we talked about breaking those barriers down. Let's make sure that we put them things in place to make sure you have no excuse. To be able to say you can't see one. And then we'll talk about those things. When we talk about just the first thing is is hey, we just want you to get your blood work. Well, you know, I don't have a primary don't worry about it. We got that cover. Well, I'm not sure if the cost gonna be. Well, don't worry about it. We got the cover. So now it comes down to one thing <laughs> either you do it or you don't wanna do it. Wow. Wow. Right? It's so it is that simple? It's that simple. It's that simple. And then once we all get together, and the thing is, I tell the men, I don't need to know your numbers. You do. Okay. You need to know your numbers. Now, am I going to tell you that it works every time, Doc? It does not. Right. We, we have some men that, that float in and float out. But we have a large number of, of men that we have that are coming back, that are doing it. And, that we, and we focus. And hopefully, as we continue to do that, the men see that it's not as bad as they may imagine it may be, or all the excuses have to go away. And then they really have to take their health as a priority. You know, I'm not saying that as a cliche, but they do, because it's, it's going to take us men to do this work together.
1: So, Dr. Isard, is mm-hmm. it important that when I go in, because and I'm going to put this out there only because I'm, I'm going to be as authentic and vulnerable as possible. Mm-hmm. When I went to go get my blood with mm-hmm. all of us, mm-hmm. the people didn't look like me. Right. And it's weird because I've had my blood taken on a regular basis, you know, I mean, over, you know. 60 years. Mm -hmm. But then all of a sudden I went in and there's a white female about to take my blood and my mind. I don't it's it's the weirdest thing in the world. It went straight back. First first of all, first person I thought about is Bashir and him on this program talking about trust. Yeah. And I hesitated and I went, do I really want to do this? Yeah. And then I asked myself, why am I hesitating when I just gave blood for the pretty much the same test Friday and it's Monday and I realized it was the person that was in front of me mm-hmm. that I didn't trust. Right. Young, white female, medical student, possibly, probably just a phlebotomist, right? Not mm-hmm. just a, because they're very important. But just the fact that that I hesitated and I went, right. hmm, right. And then some of the things she was saying that were not culturally inappropriate, mm-hmm. but reflected her culture right. and that I was expected to conform, I had to remind her that, excuse me, what? I'm who I am. I don't really care about your politics. Mm-hmm. I don't really, and it dawned on me, it was so subtle. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm, right. I'm thinking all this in my head. I'm not right. saying it. I'm thinking to myself, wow, something with a, a, a over 60 years old, educated, multiple degrees, Ph.D., And you walk in the room, and it doesn't matter how old you are, it doesn't matter how educated you are, when it comes to medicine, you pause. And I don't understand where that comes from. Right.
3: Some of this, in in particular with with all of us, is you're giving up data, too. And I get that. I can understand Mm -hmm. why people are are reluctant or hesitant to give their personal information away because uh, most of us – have heard of well we heard of Tuskegee. Most of us have no idea right really what this study really what was. Happened. But you know, we've we heard of Tuskegee, so we are, and right. we don't want people experimenting yeah. on us. You know, and so uh so there's there's that barrier and historically there's a good reason for that. But I think we have to get to the point where we get we get beyond that and start looking at this as something that we need for ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, not only do we have to know the data is for ourselves, but the next step is, okay I got prostate cancer. I need to let my brother know and my father know and other people in my right. and, you know, and my, my family know that because they need to be tested, you know, or I got colon cancer or I got, you know, something else that's maybe genetic mm-hmm. and I need to let them know so that they can get themselves tested, you know, so, and a lot of us, you know, are very private about that stuff, you know, we don't want people knowing our business, we don't want our wow. business out in the street, Um but, you know, that's the way that, you know, we protect ourselves and protect those around us. Wow.
1: When we come back, I've got a, I've got a story about my family as it relates to cancer. Mm-hmm. But then, Dr. Bashir, I want you to give us our intro into um, Dr. Izzard really talking about all the number stuff. I never know about the lipid and the whole <laughs> yeah. thing. And mm-hmm. Like, I, I, <laughs> I read it and I go, oh.
0: Let me go look this up. Let me
1: go look this up. Let me go. So luckily we have an MD here that can explain all that. So when we come back, we hope that Dr. Izzard will uh, school us. You're listening to Men Making Health a Priority, all of us, sponsored by the UW Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships, something I'm going to try to avoid, but, you know, I got pulled in by Dr. Easter, that's right. You know, that's how he does. <laughs> we'll because be right- you take as a priority. <sighs> how can I unfriend him? I got to go to all my social <laughs> media and unfriend him. <laughs> we'll be right back.
0: This is Men Making Health a Priority, presented by All of Us Milwaukee at the Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships. On the new 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com.
1: We're back and welcome. I'm Dr. Ken Harris. We are here for Men Making Health a Priority. My guests are Dr. Bashir Easter along with Dr. Kevin Izzard. There's a lot of doctors up in here today. It's a lot. they here. A lot. So before we took a break, we were talking about those those thingamajigs that y'all be taking the blood and putting it in this computer and, and it spits out this list of gobbledygook foreign language stuff. I I think it's a conspiracy that all medical doctors know stuff in Latin. That's what I think it is. They created their own language. Right. But then as you start to look in and figure out why people name certain things and it's named after people and it's named after some of the work that it does. And the test represents this in your body. So we named it this so they could actually remember it. And, And it it amazes me that. Somebody like all of us came together and said, the only way that we can do this is to find a million men and, and actually do the research. And so, Dr. Bashir, kind of walk us through before Dr. Izard takes over. Walk, walk us through this this list thing. You, you know, you called it lipids and all that. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you take care of all that.
2: Yeah. So what really started that is I, I'm going to start with me. Right. I, I was telling in the issue before regarding me and my my um, diabetes and I was getting information. They were telling me about this A1C and I was taking this test and I didn't understand any information that was on there. And I was pretty much had a lot of denial. But then my body started to tell me, mm. you, to you started having this thirst. You start having this frequent urination. All this stuff started happening. And then I started looking at, well, what's going on with me? Well, in my previous job, maybe um, a while ago, they were the the, um, part of it for their staff is that they had to do their annual physical, right? They had to go ahead and go in they brought people in, got some nurses, check your blood, and you get this whole sheet of information. Still didn't understand what it meant. So I started doing what other people would do, take that information and put it into Google to read it out. So Definitely. when I got my primary doctor, I started to say, I need to take this uh, regularly because they were checking my A1C, which was checking how much my sugar levels were in my blood. And uh, to be able to see where my numbers were at, the high, low and how to manage those. Once it finally clicked, I realized this is important and I need to know what my high number is and my low number is and where I'm I in the mid and all the rest of those items that became the metabolic and lipid panels. But well, when we got to the men's group, I started realizing the men were having even struggles of understanding their blood pressure numbers. So if they didn't understand their blood pressure numbers, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that, at that time they didn't understand the, the part of understanding their blood. Once I got to understanding of that, I knew I couldn't take them from that point to talk about getting their DNA. What? DNA what? Why, why are we talking about that? I don't even know what that is. So we had to really start at that real baseline of what they could do right now that they can manage and change. And that's where it came when we asked them in to so we wanted you to get your your lipid panels and your metabolic panels done. And I'll explain, as Dr. Kevin uh, is going to explain a little more, about mm-hmm. what that really is and what are you getting back. And I say with knowing your numbers, you need to know what your high numbers are, low numbers are, where you are, mm-hmm. and then how can you control them? Because you can by eating. You know, with your diet, exercise and things like that can be able to show how your body maneuvers and ticks. Dr. Kevin Izzer came in and said, I'll do one better. And I let him explain. I'm going to explain to everyone what all of these issues are with your cholesterol and your and we how do these impact your body? And what are you understanding with your with heart and heart disease and how is this impacting your vision and your body? And so as it started to be more education, you talked about uh, being fluent, right? Right. Fluency. It is that component that we're trying to get the, the, the men to be able to understand themselves at the core. And so that's what we started. Once we started that process, Dr. Kevin said, hey, I can help with that. And so we was like, perfect. Now we have an MD on board to now give direct information to these men to help them walk down this path.
1: So before Dr. Izzard jumps in, you, you said something um, momentous. You said something clicked. So my mm-hmm. question to you is, was it a eureka moment click? Like... That was it a aha uh-huh moment, right? Ah, got it. Or was it a uh oh when you figured out about the diabetes? It was
2: all three. It was all three. It was all three. The reason why I say it was all three uh-huh. because uh-huh. I was in such denial. Because I was I was at the point is like I have this diabetes. It's telling me I can't eat what I want to eat. <laughs> it's telling me I can't drink what I want to drink. Right, and I refuse. I want to do it. Then I was in my mindset. Well, you know, I'm seeing people getting talked about their legs being amputated. I'm hearing about people having these issues with their vision. Right. You know, not in my mindset. I was in my 30s. Can? And I was like realizing, like, something's not right. I can, can I fix this? Yes, you can. Then it was like, I can. Ah. Well, how do I fix it? You need to know your numbers. You need to know where you are. You need to have your, prick your prick your finger, get your blood. Right. Once I realized that if I ate this, it does this. If I it, it was simple as that. Right. And I was like, I can control this. I can really tell myself and tell my body that it can heal itself and do better with medication. And if I don't, if I can get off medication, I had control. So those things became that moment to say, not only do I need to know about my A1C, I need to know about all these oh, other things. Okay that also contribute to other things that are going on in my body, my body as I get older. Then And then it became I became excited. So I was like, if I stop eating red meat, I'm waiting to see that did my transisculides change. Right? If I stopped, if I just drink water, what's going to change? Well, I told you before, the first thing that changed when I just went to water was my urine. It became very interesting to me how I can make sure I can immediately change my health by changing some of the things that I was
1: doing, see how we start these things, and I like him, yeah, and then he starts saying <laughs> stuff that I got to listen to, and then I don't like him, Hell yeah well, we're going to give uh, Dr. Kevin Izzard a chance to be not like today because I know he's got some significantly valuable information that he can give in layman's terms for you know us yeah. people that are medical doctors, yeah, this whole lipid panel thing, what is all that a- even
3: about yeah. you know. We been keep somewhere around these like, these biomarkers, and, and, and you know, what does that mean? Right. Yeah. You know, so right. so, th- what, what we're really talking about is there are certain numbers that you got um, that can predict your health in the future. Okay. Really. And so things wait, like wait wait so, wait
1: we can tell the future.
3: <laughs> well, we can tell with biomark- your risk. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is all about risk numbers, you know, uh, percentages. So. Uh, if you think about, the, the, the and I'm sure, Dr. Ken, you know this, the, the number one cause of death in the U.S. is heart disease. Right. right? And there's a whole lot of things associated with heart disease, blood pressure, diabetes, overweight, all those other things. And so we know that people that, uh, so your risk of dying is very closely related to to your risk for heart disease. And so these markers we're looking at are, are primarily the things that are looking at risk for heart disease. So like your blood pressure. We know that if you have high blood pressure, we call it high blood pressure, the silent killer. Well, what do people die from? They die from renal disease. They die from heart attacks and strokes. Um, They die from heart failure. But mostly it's going to be from heart attacks and strokes. So if we can get people's blood pressure down, you lower your risk of dying of a heart attack or a stroke. We talk about uh, cholesterol. Cholesterol is that stuff that floats around in your bloodstream and it clogs up your arteries. Okay. We know that. If your uh, if your cholesterol is high, we know that you have a higher risk of having a heart attack and stroke. Back to heart attack and stroke again. We know we talk about uh, um, talk about your uh, your weight. Okay, that's another mm-hmm. marker you need to know. What is your weight? What's your BMI? Your BMI is your body mass index. So you know someone who's six feet five. Is allowed to weigh more than someone who's five foot five. Right. Okay. And so what they do is they take the height and the weight and they do this calculation, and they come up with a BMI. So if your BMI is high, if you're overweight or obese, you're more likely to have what? A heart attack and a stroke. So we're back to heart attack and stroke. He's not,
1: he, 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 he not making me happy.
3: Yes, yeah, so I'm, bring, I'm bringing it all, <laughs> yeah, it all comes back you know, to happy. this common denominator <laughs> here. So heart
1: attack and stroke are the two things that if you can mitigate those, everything else should usually
3: just over- yeah i mean you're going to die of something but oh, yeah. yeah but yeah. but yeah i mean you, the things that, that we die prematurely from that's it's what you're going to be able to, to reduce heart, those just, wow. yeah and then of course you got the cancers you got your psa which is uh, a prostate specific antigen that's the prostate cancer most common cancer in men and then colon cancer you know you should get a right. colonoscopy but the main numbers we're looking at are blood pressure mm-hmm. um, your weight um your uh, diabetes talk about hemoglobin a1c your blood sugar and uh um and uh psa you know those are the things you hmm. those numbers you should know it's it's funny because my mother had
1: breast cancer and colon cancer my father died from alcoholism my grandfather had cancer mm-hmm. my grandmother had cancer my aunts all died no, my youngest aunt died from cancer. My oldest aunt lived till she was 79, 80 years old mm-hmm. and died from cancer. but they all had one thing in common: they smoked every day.
3: I thought they to say they are all related to you, but they're all related to me,
1: <laughs> but they smoked every day.
3: Yes, smoking
1: Now, my other aunt, who was 78 who died from untreated colon cancer she mm-hmm. had had surgery and then she kind of left it untreated mm-hmm. i think she probably didn't care she figured she was old enough but right. but yet i remember when she stopped smoking mm-hmm. like everything turned to normal it, yeah. was, it was the mo- it was the strangest thing in the world and then i noticed that my uncle who died at 97 mm-hmm. never smoked and so that that triggered something in me to think okay so if you don't drink excessively and smoke right like roughly 60 70% of all these issues are gone anyway right
3: right and, and kid, I can tell you one of the thing that uh-huh. that, we, 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 that we underestimate the importance of is stress you know and so uh, all of us i think wow. all of us at some point have these these little, little these little errant uh, blood cells or cells that that have become cancerous, right. okay. Right. And if the thing is, if your body's functioning well, your immune system realizes that it attacks the cells before they become, you know, before they wow. spread anything. Wow. Okay. But when you know when you start adding things on like drinking and smoking and not sleeping and being overweight and being stressed out, now, now your immune system doesn't work as well.
1: Now, when you say stress, you don't mean things bothering you in life, mental, because we understand that stress. Yeah.
3: I'm talking I, I'll about, talk about that too. Right, but, but you're yeah. also
1: talking about the stress that your body has to work harder when you're intoxicated, harder when yes. you're smoking. Right.
3: Wow. I mean, your, your immune system is actually, I mean, boy, it's, it's, if, if you ever look at, at the immune system, it's, it's pretty remarkable it how is, it works. It you know, how can I can recognize that something that's in your body shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but yeah, your immune system is smart and is able to, you know, to pick these things up. But when you start messing around with it, when you start suppressing it, now you're, you're more likely to get infections like colds and you're more likely to get things like COVID. You're more likely to, and then take it to the nth degree, mm. you're more likely to even get cancer. You know, it affects your mental health. It affects all these things are, mm. are, 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 are interrelated. You know, you can't, you can't separate what's going on with your, your biology with what's going on with your psychology and your and your, you know, all this stuff works together. If you're stressed out, it's going to affect your immune system. It's going to affect your way you function.
1: I don't think we're talking to Doctor Izzard in the next segment. We're <laughs> we're just going to skip over it. <laughs> We're going to skip over him because it's wow, it's it's really getting great. In the next segment, I want to talk about. I want to dig deeper into stress. Mm-hmm. I want to look at really how the stress. Well, first of all, the different kinds, mm-hmm. but then how it really affects us. We keep hearing it, yeah. and it's this generic word, but we don't really know. This is what stress will do to your body. Men Making Health a Priority presented by all of us, sponsored by the UW Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships. Dr. Bashir Easter, Dr. Kevin Izzard, who may or may not be back in the saying, <laughs> said, I don't know if I'm going to – he might tell me something about stress. I might just, you know, leave. So – Doctor, Dr. Easter, you might you might have to finish this. No, After you this. got it. We're <laughs> all right. We'll be right back.
0: More of men making health a priority, presented by all of us Milwaukee at the Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships, is next on the new 1017 The Truth. The Truth app and 1017TheTruth.com.
1: All right, welcome back. I'm Dr. Ken Harris. You're listening to the new 1017 the Truth. Men making health a priority. All right, so Dr. Easter, here who, who are we gonna do? We we not going we we're not gonna talk to Doctor because he, <laughs> he just is is he still here? I don't know. Is he's he
2: there. Here? Yeah, hey, he's to give it to us
1: too. Is is he still here? I
3: don't
1: yeah, know. yeah, Are you here, Doctor Izzard? I'm still oh, here. Oh man, I thought we got rid of him. Man. So before we left, we were talking about stress. We were talking about just just what it is. How it causes, you know, how, how Dr. Izzard stresses me, right? Because stress can come in weird things. Like, I don't know, or I'm scared to talk to the doctor. That causes me stress. Your blood pressure rises. Um, but you said something before the break, Dr. Izzard, that I hadn't quite thought about. And the trauma that we face throughout mm-hmm. just being black yeah. causes so much stress. Like, I used to think... You know, growing up listening to, you know, like like before Bashir was born, um, t- talking about, yeah, black men die so early. Because when, when we were growing up, we, people were dying in their 40s. You know, like 50 was like almost unheard of. Remember? It was Like, wow, mm-hmm. they're 50 years old. Really? Because I didn't know anybody in their 60s. And that's strange to me that I could see a black man in their 60s on TV. But when I looked around my neighborhood, there were none because they were dying. And it didn't click till Dr. Izzard said stress. And I thought, imagine what the civil rights movement did to black men living through the 40s, 50s and 60s. But now we've got so many other ways. But I think before we do that, we really need to talk about the base definition. Dr. Izzard, what is stress? Stress. What is stress?
3: Actually, stress in itself isn't necessarily a bad thing. Stress motivates you, so you know you got to have something that's you know that's a challenge in your life. Otherwise, you get lazy and bored. Okay, so stress in itself isn't bad, but when you start getting what they call distress, okay, stress that works on you in a bad way. Um, In fact, there's a graph you can show that shows the the higher the your your stress level; the more uh, productive you are. Really? Yeah. Until you get to a point, right? And then you start. To, then, it starts to, then the curve goes down. And, then, and when you when you hit that maximum amount of stress, then you become. Then actually, the more stress you get, the less productive you get. You know, once you get overwhelmed, and so stress in itself isn't necessarily bad, but a lot of us are walking around with this distress. Uh, if you think about it, the, the, we got our immune system is or our. Uh, um, our, our neurological system is, is broken up into the um, – we got uh, this uh, sympathetic and, 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 and parasympathetic nervous system. Right. So your parasympathetic nervous system is kind of you, how you kind of functions on a normal day-to-day basis. And your sympathetic nervous system kicks in when things are are, are stressful, things are attacking you. Like you know, in the days that you know, you're walking around and a bear would jump out and you had to either Gators. fight that bear or run from that bear. Okay, the fight or flight response. Right. And so um, that worked great for, you know, so what happens is that bear, you see that bear, your heart rate's going to speed up. You're going to get more lung uh, air going to your lungs. You're going to shift the blood from your gut to your muscles because you got to run or fight. Your pupils are going to constrict. All this stuff is happening. You can stop digesting your food because you don't need to worry about that, you know, when you're trying to run from a bear. Um, But all this stuff is great when you got to. When you have to do those those short bursts of getting away from something, a lot of us doing that on a daily basis now when we drive to work in traffic or somebody cuts you off or you just live in a neighborhood where you're hearing gunshots all the time and it stresses you out and so now those things that that had a uh uh, that that had a, a beneficial effect at one time are now wearing on our system. So you get these endorphins, these hormones, cortisol, other things that float around your bloodstream, and they're wearing us down. And so, um, so we we have to get to this point now where we have to learn how to turn that off. Because if we don't, it's like driving with the with the gas. Your gas pedal to the floor and the right. brake on at the same time. Wow, you know, and that's how a lot of us are living. And so a lot of us have 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 had. Have, have, uh, and then you add on top of that now a lifestyle of that, and now you got trauma. You know, you got trauma, in uh, your relationships It's affecting your relationship, It's affecting your functioning. You can't work. You can't. Uh, you can't have these. Uh, you have a bad relationship with your kids, with your wife, and then a lot of us men. By the time we get to you know sixty five years old we're broken down and then on top of that you had you worked in a factory your whole life and uh you got bad joints your knees are bad your back is bad and it's no wonder why a lot of us we get to 70 years old and we're old wow (laughs) you
1: know so it's not just the stress it's also the trauma are there different kinds of trauma
3: there's yeah there's they talk about like generational trauma you know the kind mm-hmm. of stuff that we inherit the stuff the stories we hear um, from like the uh, uh, Jim Crow and and civil rights and you know that kind of stuff because uh, we we learn that stuff from our parents on how to react to stuff.
1: So so is there an age that I can hear traumatic things and it not cause stress? Like what's you know you know what I mean? Like a child mm-hmm. being taught things in elementary school, right? Is different from when I learned it in college.
3: Right, right. And and you know, I, I think for us, for most of us, we don't realize. I mean, it's, it's we learn it subconsciously. You know, we mm. we kind of inherit it. We don't know about it. Until uh, until maybe later in our lives, we realize, man, my life was messed up. You right. know, if everybody around you is poor, you right. don't know you're poor, right? <laughs> you know, and then you go, and then me? you go to college, you realize, wait a minute, oh yeah, oh yeah, people, <laughs> people live differently a... than I yeah, lived, you know. Yeah. And so uh, a lot of that stuff kind of again kind of catches up with us, and and we realize that we have trauma. There's these things now that, that they look at, they call they call them adverse childhood events, and the ACEs, ACE, right, and um, and so. They have actually shown that depending on how many of these adverse events you had, like uh, um, a, a parent or a relative uh, being in jail, um, uh, growing up hungry, uh, growing up poor, growing up uh, with uh, uh, unstable housing, those mm-hmm. things, as you when you become an adult, depending on how many of those things you had as a kid can affect the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. So what we know is that even black folks that go out to college, Pull themselves up by the bootstraps, go to college, become middle class or upper middle class. They still do worse than white people that don't have are uneducated. That's because we have, in addition to getting out of that, we still have that baggage with us, and we still have that generational trauma with us, and we carry along with us. And in fact, we know that women, that uh, a woman, a college educated Black woman, is more likely. Have a miscarriage, or uh, uh, either a a battle come with her pregnancy, or herself to die from her pregnancy, than a teenage white woman who is uneducated. So,
1: like, how can you follow that up,
3: right, Doctor
2: Ken? I want to say this first of all. Thank you for when we talked about the definitions. Like, said the men. We had to first start with understanding what it is. Right. So you asking that question mm-hmm. was very point. We got men that we say, well, let's stop all of the pieces. What is stress? Define it. So Doctor Kevin is for well, him explaining it makes a lot of sense. It could be positive and negative, right. and as emotional and as a physical piece that goes along in regards to stress. The thing that we talked about with the men is how do you deal with it when you have these moments? How do you number identify what the stress is, and then what do you do with it? A lot of the times, the men were like, Ugh, "I don't know, right?" Or I just, I just, I just deal with it. Well, do you understand that you have a physical thing that's happening to you? Well, I didn't think of it that way, right? You didn't. So now that you have the information, now do you need to understand what do you do with it? So we try to find ways to relieve that stress. That's right. We like talking about yoga.
1: Yeah,
2: you know, those are some uh, of the things that they do. They self-medicate, okay. but there's other ways to get rid of that. The other part of it is the the PTSD. The, uh, the first time I noticed PTSD was in, uh, I worked for child welfare. And there was, uh, we would, some of the children were in some some very bad situations, and then we would take them out of the situation. And we would say we put them in a better situation, like a home, that the, the, the house is really good, the, the stable place, they're getting fed, they're getting a good place to sleep, and all of that, right? And that's where the most of the behaviors came from. And it was a lot of times people were like, well, why is the child in a, we, we would say a better environment, but now they're acting out with urination, they're fighting and biting. You know, sometimes they would do even some sexual acts as a child, right. baby. Right. And they stated because the body was in a flux, as uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Kevin Cavaneza said, you're on gas and the brake at the same time. There's never a time for the body to relax. As soon as the child was in an environment where it was peaceful, that's when all of the issues started to come out because the body was able to relax. And then all of that stuff that was being held because they were always in in the flight and fight mode Mm -hmm. came out of them. And that's where I said, oh, my goodness, the body is a beautiful machine and does everything it can. But pressure will bust a pipe. And when that child showed all those behaviors and all those things started coming out, that's when the therapy began.
3: Yeah, and, and as men, as men a lot of times we don't we we don't have the the the, the emotional maturity a lot of times to deal with this stuff. Women, mm-hmm. they get together, they cry, they get angry and you know and, and and but men, we like to be we think we're cowboys, you know, and we keep this stuff inside. Mm-hmm. And we think that we're dealing with it, but like like Bashir said, when when, when it's quiet and, and you and and your ego is, lets go, all that stuff comes out of you. But you it's know? tough
1: when you have the expectation of women, the expectation of family, mm-hmm. the expectation of work, the expectation of society, mm-hmm. the expectation of white men, the ex- right? And mm-hmm. you pile all that on. At some point, you're going to break anyway. But That's at right. some right. point, something's going right. something's to just right. fall
2: apart. Dr. Ken, one of the men said in the session, he says, I don't feel like I can make a mistake.
3: Correct. Mm. That's true. At no time, mm -hmm. yes,
2: just what you said. If I make a mistake, I don't get recovery. Right? Doesn't everyone's looking at me that that mistake? As other cultures can make multiple mistakes. Right. And still be embraced and giving them grace and all of that, but it's a thought and a feeling that and we are coming from all different mothers and fathers, but we all have those same experiences as black men. Yeah. And you know so what I mean, sure, it even course. goes
3: back to like elementary school. You know, mm-hmm. we, I mean, you can look at these kids and black boys are have this have this um, the, the teachers approach them that zero tolerance. You step out of line, we're gonna stomp on you.
1: Oh, I've been victim of that.
3: Yeah. You know, it, it's, and it's and and it goes yeah. on from there. You know, yeah. you can't if, if you get in trouble with the legal system, if if you are a white teenager and you smoking weed and you get caught, uh, the judge is gonna figure, okay, you're gonna you know, you're gonna you're gonna turn your life around. But you know, you get in the legal system as a as a black teen, you, you a lot of times, you know, it's it's hard on you. And then once you start messing up like that, then you know then okay, now you get to college, now you have a felony you can't get financial aid. You can't go to college. Correct. So now you, you, you put all these obstacles in front of somebody, and, and then their life now has is, is become a mess, and they can't get out of it. And throw kids on top of that, too. You know, So now you got a bunch of kids by different women, and <laughs> now wow. you got child support. You ain't never going to have any money. <laughs> you know, so, I'm going to tell you this one, this one
2: thing as well. We talk about even how we were raised from to be able to say what is considered a man. Right, and as boys, one of the things that they I've I've heard is don't cry. What you crying for? What you crying about? <laughs> but the but understanding when you get a clear understanding why the body or the, the the body cries. Right, that's the mechanism to what relieve stress. The body is finding ways to be able to get that emotion and feelings out. And now you're telling a man or young bo- young man boy, don't cry. You're telling your Telling them not to do one of the mechanisms to get stress out of their body or nervousness out of their body. So then you grow up and there's a lot of things that's going on with you. And you said, Dr. Ken, there's a point where you just gonna pop. Right. And right. I remember the time when I was stressed, you know, when I was working on this doctorate. And it was, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. You know what I did in the hotel room? I cried.
1: <laughs> like, I we like we all did. Like we all cried. did. You know yeah. oh,
2: yeah. Like a baby. Kevin, Dr. Kevin it, it, I know the <laughs> same thing. You cried. He was like, man, this is hard. Yeah. But I cried. And when I cried, I felt better. Right. I felt physically better because it got the stress out of me. And that is a, the smallest thing. And we talked to the man, hey, how many of you have taken a moment to cry? Man, I don't cry. I ain't going to let anybody show no (laughs) weakness. What? So you're not allowing your body to release of the feeling and emotion of stress. That's an issue.
1: I've seen children die and, you know, babies that were dead and had to go in and deal with the mother and, you know, SIDS and all sorts of things. And it never dawned on me not to cry. Like, mm. it, I, I it just I just cried. People are like, what's That's wrong right. with you? I said, a, mm. a baby's dead. Like, really? That doesn't move you? <laughs>
3: that doesn't do like, anything for you. What's, what's right. wrong? Yeah. And so I think we've been so hardened. Yes.
1: And we've been so conditioned by mm-hmm. society. And so when we come back, I want to talk about, um, sometimes we talk about white girl tears. I want to talk about black man tears. Mm. I want to talk about how we can help black men um, externalize those things so that so, so that we can get those those lipid panels done so we can get and it sounds like trust is a piece but also yes. um, we have to get that toxic stuff that's in us out of us so when we come back we're gonna we're gonna talk to dr Bashir easter and dr kevin isard and really like dive into how do we get the negative out so we can get something positive like all of us in You're listening to Men Making Health a Priority. I'm Dr. Ken Harris on the new 101.7 The Truth.
0: You're listening to Men Making Health a Priority, presented by All of Us Milwaukee at the Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships on the new 101.7 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com.
1: All right, thank you for listening. We're in our last segment for Men Making Health a Priority. It's great to have Dr. Kevin Izzard here. Uh, medical doctor, Dr. Bashir Easter has his PhD and to have all these brains in the room, right. And not really talk about some of those things that are, that are, um, you know, hanging on the wall, like tears are important. We talked about that in the last segment, crying, getting those toxic things. And so I want to ask, um, first to Dr. Bashir, how do you help, the group get those toxic things out on an emotional level. But then on a physical, um, trying to think how to, how to say it, on a, on a just directly physical level, how do you get men to make that transfer so they understand that the medical piece is important? So
2: you so, one of the segments uh, that we did. It was still dealing with the body because right. we did the three segment the mind, talking with the body. now we're on the mind. Right. So when we start talking about it, it's, it's not enough to have the medical terms about it. It's not enough to discuss it. Yeah. yeah but a, I
1: can but I can talk about and I sound like I know what I'm talking about. though.
2: Yeah. But the thing is, it's not about me. It's about the men to tell me what's going on with them. And once they got and started to talk about what stress they, they was to them, it, it, it became theirs. It's like, we're not having this room with all these professionals talking about it. I get to share what my stress is. You know what my stress is? My stress is, is I'm having these issues with my wife. And then they say, well, are you sure you're having such issues with your wife? Then they dig deeper and realize it's not about their wife. That's just one of the outlets they're having. The stress that they're really having is that they have not reached their full potential. mm Right. And that's because of whatever other things that were going on. Right. We didn't know that until we started digging deeper. Right. Then we got to say, well, what happens when you start having those stress? And what do you do? With your, well, they so say we have arguments, we're fussing and so on. So what are you doing to deal with that, to relieve those things that were going on?
3: Right.
2: Well, you have to deal with the root issue. Have you reached your what your potential are, your dreams? And you want to work towards that. But while you're doing that, you do have to release what you say, those negative toxin things out of your body. So we talk about what you eat. We talk about what you drink and then what you consume, right? Then we talk about, well, all right, physically, what do you do to take care of that? So we brought in massage therapists. The massage therapist came in and said, all I want you to do is to sit in the chair. And and he started to work on the pieces of the body. And he said something that was very clear. He said, you may think that you have an issue with your back a pain, but really the tension is in the, the, the ball of your back or in your leg. And my job is to... Find out where that muscle is connecting and to relieve that pressure out of your body. The men's eyes opened up to says, i never thought about it like that. I just thought I was having headaches. Well, you know, that's coming from this and this and this and this. And that's the part where we're really trying to get them to open their eyes to understand you need to know how you function. What are the things that cause causing you issue? What are the root causes of the of these problems? And then we find things around you hmm. existing services, supports and information to help you make
3: an informed decision to help you. And that's what we that's what we've been doing. And that's what's been going on. hey you know, one of the secret things that's going on there, uh, Dr. Ken is that this group that meets once a month on mm-hmm. Friday. It's not only just about learning about the the biomarkers and 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 how to physically stay healthy it's the idea that you got guys coming together talking to one another and there's there's a lot of things out there now that are looking at loneliness in men a lot of guys we don't have relationships right we don't have you know we got acquaintances but most of, a lot of us don't have friends you know we don't have people we talk to and so there's a there's a there's a therapy in being able to tell people this is what I this is what I'm struggling with in my life right now. This is what's going on in my relationships with my my wife, my kids, whatever. And to hear other people say, "Yeah, I'm going through that too," and you know, so we don't share that stuff. And and the, in fact, what, this, what these studies have shown that uh, the effect of of loneliness is is worse on your health than smoking. Really cigarette smoking. Wow. You know, and so um, so I, I, I think that, you know, another thing that's, that's, that's coming out of this group is that these guys now are meeting up with other guys and, and forming relationships. Right. And that in itself is, is a, has a beneficial effect on our health.
1: All right. So in this segment, it'll just be me because I'm not talking to Dr. Bashir either. <laughs> I already stopped talking to doctors. <laughs> so this this this, you know, Bashir talked about the physical piece, but the medical piece, it has to intersect. I'm I'm hearing tears mean I own it. Mm. And if I can get you to that point Mm -hmm. of owning it, all the rest will kind of fall in place. I have to own my stress. I have to own my shortcomings. But I also have to own my greatness. And and so – that can cause a lot of stress as well. We always look at the person that's successful, right? Mm-hmm. Or, and I think Dr. Bashir said it about people that have, you know, stress and issues with not reaching their full potential. But I'm one of those people that if you're alive and breathing, you can reach your potential.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Some people have reached their potential and their stress levels are high. They're lonely. Mm-hmm. There's no room at the top. hmm how do we how do we fix that in a group like yours Bashir?
2: Uh we meet everyone where they are, right? We one thing we don't do is we don't cookie cut our cutter. Wait, wait, wait. Make
1: wait. I can't bring my title in a room. <laughs> you can bring it, but it doesn't matter
2: in that room. Wow. You can bring it. You'll respect it. Exactly <laughs> you yes, you can. But we don't we don't hold you to make you seem like that you don't fit in or just you're not a part. The mm-hmm. main part of that that, that session is that you're male. That you are a male going through something, and whatever you're going through, I could probably learn from it. Because that vicarious learning that Clem stated, uh, Richardson, we had that right, segment and talked right. about it, that's exactly what ended up happening. The men weren't really apt to have a one-on-one conversation with a therapist. But when we got in that room, they just started explaining, these are things that's happening. This is what's going on. And another brother was like, man, I didn't know that. But you know what? I'm having the kind of the same issue. Mm-hmm. Well, how are you dealing with it? I'm not. Right. I'm, I'm dealing with it the same way. I'm sitting here talking about it. And so that's how we started. And we learned that really organically. That's what was going on. And so the, the, the main piece was that is in those, that's those sessions are who is there to now help? Because we, the last thing we wanted mm-hmm. to do is open these men up, get them to talk about it. And there was no help and no solution for them. Wow. That wasn't going to do good it at all right. so with having like dr kevin Izzard and having other professionals there we're able to tie in these pieces now the men are now uh ready to hear and receive now let's take some action so that's why we're bringing in vegan chefs that's what we bring in the, the exercise therapist the massage therapist. those are things that say now let's start talking about and, un- mm-hmm. and unpacking some of these things and then getting you some help right and then other things that we bring in. Is some of these men are working you know one, one of the major services that we're not taking advantage of doc What's that? Our EAP program, oh, the wow. assistance program yep. that you can receive all of these different services that are paid for by your employer. Wow, see what I'm saying? So these right. are the things that we try to make sure that we connect them, so some of these barriers are taken away. But you talked about also the tears; those tears are so important because we talk about the physical part of it. That's mm-hmm. the body's way of a release valve mm-hmm. of some of that pressure being seeped out. And I said, pressure will, uh, will bust a pipe. If you keep closing something up, even the strongest uh, metal, if it gets too hot in there, and that pressure gets hot, it's going to pop. And that, and we're the exact same way. So we yeah. do need a place to release. And a lot of the times is,
3: man, how was the last time you had a good cry? <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: You know, a lot of people don't make that connection. Very they true. know they they they're having headaches, or they're having stomach problems, or they're having palpitations, and they don't make that connection between. What's going on with them emotionally, and what's going on with them physically, mm-hmm. and it's you know that that whole bio psycho social thing is all connected. You know, if 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 socially if things are a mess, your know, relationships, are, you know, around you it's going to affect your health. Okay. Or you got bad health, it's going to affect your emotions. Your emotion, you know, you have mental illness or other things, it's going to affect those other relationships. So they're all intertwined. Wow. You know, and so I think we we have to start realizing that you can't really fix one thing without touching on the other things, too.
1: Now, I would be remiss if we did not talk about someone that we all know, knew, and love, and that's Eric Vaughn. Yes. Tell me about it.
3: Yeah, so Eric had actually started this. He, he had started this uh, Healthy Man uh, project that was he had been doing before he passed, and so uh, I think God that Bashir has kind of picked this up now, you know, and, and so we're kind of running with it. But it was the idea was to to, to get men to start thinking uh, about being healthy, you know, not just healthy in the in, in the body, but healthy in your mind and healthy in your spirit too, because all those things are again, it said, they're all connected, and you can't fix one without fixing the others so
1: simple but yet so difficult it is and so the prospect of going in getting a test how do you as a medical doctor help me understand not just what the numbers are mm-hmm. but when the numbers aren't good how do you let me know that
3: so i think the first thing is basically just knowing the numbers it's like, okay so you so you might be they say that most uh, people who are diabetic, it takes seven years before the time that they develop symptoms and the time they're diagnosed. So there are a lot of people walking out there who are either diabetic or pre-diabetic. They don't even know it. Okay, uh, A lot of people have high blood pressure, and they don't feel anything. That's why they call it the mm. silent killer. Okay. There are a whole lot of people walking out there who you know, who really don't know what's going on inside of them. So... First thing is if you can just be aware that this is going on. And then you start working out what the solutions are. The solutions may be medication, but it may be changing your diet. It may be getting some of that sodium out of your diet. It may be losing weight. It may be doing some exercises. And maybe you don't need medication. You know, uh, Maybe you're pre-diabetic, which means that your numbers are higher than they should be, but you're not quite yet there at diabetes. And you can prevent that from happening by losing weight or by exercising. So every, not everything's going to end up with, with, uh, with medication. Some of it's going to be lifestyle changes. Um, but, you know, and, until, unless you know that, you know, it's all about information. If you don't know that, then you don't know what you want to address. Wow.
1: So in this last cu- couple of minutes, we have left. What's the best information you can give us, Bashir, about your group and what we need to do in order to even find you and show up and participate?
2: Yeah, so we are having those men's groups that are the last Friday of every month. And if you're interested in those, you hear these segments that we talk about, you can always reach out. But you go to joinallofus.wisc.edu or joinallofus.wisc.edu. And what's that important is is that you get to learn about the All of Us program for Wisconsin and be a part of that. Number one. The other thing is, is that you want to the biggest thing is whether you not want to do anything with us at all. You still can go uh, get a primary doctor or connect to a doctor. Dr. Kevin is on here now to be able to get your baseline of your numbers. Know who you are first with that information and then educate yourself on that. The other thing that we really want you to understand is it's about you it's about you as an individual. We come on here, we talk about this uh doc all the time to get me to mm-hmm. understand. Everybody had to start somewhere. I had a moment. <laughs> Every one of these men are going to have a moment in their oh, life if they already right. haven't had it. That's going to get them to say I need to do something. The thing is you can and you should. If we and and also the other thing I've added is you need to start being selfish. You need to understand that you need to start taking your health as priorities and stop doing everything for everybody else for just a moment. So and take care of yourself and then give yourself uh, out to everyone else. But you're no good if you're not taking care of yourself. That's one of the biggest things I wanted to keep sharing.
3: All right, Doctor Izzard, any last words? Yeah, yeah. You know, I told Bashir this. You know, uh, originally I came on uh, into the group because uh, I had some you know medical expertise to share. So I came to share stuff, but. I stayed for myself because I'm a black man myself, and I'm overweight, and I need to get my health back in order. And so, it's not just them; it's me. <laughs> you know, being selfish. So that, so I, yeah, I did it for for altruistic reasons, but I'm staying for selfish reasons. Wow. And so, uh, yeah, so it's, it's 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 really, you know, again, if anybody's out there and, and maybe just curious, it's worth at least checking out. You know, it may be, and, and oh, and also uh, we're you know we're getting these lab tests done for these guys, um, for, for people that don't have a primary doctor and who don't have access to getting these labs. We're going to get them, and I'm, I'm going to put Ascension on the line here because they said that they're going to help us out with these labs. So they're going to cover the labs. It shouldn't cost you anything. So yeah, we will get these, you know, your your, you know right. your 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 biomarkers done for free, you know, and at least you, if nothing else, you'll know that information. Outstanding. Let me
2: give you the right information. Um, Ken. It's, it's all of us. Wisc. Edu. So I I'd get real hammered if I didn't get that right. So it's, <laughs> class, it's not org. It's not com. It's dot edu.
1: All right. Outstanding. Men making health a priority. Twice a month, we're here. We'll be here till the end of December, helping you understand these are the important things that will keep you alive for generations. Because it's not just about you. But once you know, you can help your children and your children's children. Men making health a priority. Uh, Dr. Bashir, as always, I appreciate you. Dr. Kevin, thank you so much.
3: I'll be seeing you around.
1: All right. I'll see you around when you're walking your dog. (laughs) That's right. Uh, Men making health a priority presented by all of us, sponsored by the UW Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships. You're listening to the new 101.7 The Truth. I'm Dr. Ken Harris. We will see
3: you next time.